Tomorrow, I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss tigers, Clint Dempsey, and smashing that like button. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Tomorrow is brought to you by Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly, relentlessly, painfully increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. And Harry's is here to change all that. If you haven't heard of them before, Harry's was started by two best friends, Jeff and Andy, who were fed up with being overcharged for razors. So they started their own razor company, as any sane person would do, to give people what they deserve, a great shave at a fair price. Harry's shave sets start at just 15 bucks, and their razors include everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. A weighted ergonomic handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and of course, the travel blade cover. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try their shave set right now for free. Just cover shipping when you sign up. To redeem your free trial offer, go to harrys.com slash tomorrow right now. That's harrys.com slash tomorrow. That's right. My guest today is a producer, designer, writer, and animator based in Brooklyn. She's the producer and host of Flash Forward, a producer on the 30 for 30 podcast from ESPN, and a wonderful person, also co-host of the Red Center uh, uh, one of the great outline podcasts about the Handmaid's Tale. I'm, of course, talking about Rose Eveleth. Rose, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. That was a crazy intro. Um, <laughs> and now I, I realize, I feel like you and Laura must, you know, you've spent a lot of time talking, which is interesting because I've also spent a lot of time talking <laughs> You might have spent more time talking <laughs> Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Anyhow, so you were on, um, uh, uh, and, and by the way, like, I feel like everybody, anybody who's listening to this should already know who you are, and if they don't, they're a fool. But uh, they should also know because of, of uh, Red Center, but uh, um, uh, more importantly, Out West, and we did an Out West Very episode yeah. together. And, and really, I mean, we'll start here. There's a lot of stuff we can talk <laughs> about, but I think what's most important, and we have had a big debate about, and John, please feel free to chime in because John is, is sure. sitting. Okay, there, he just chimed in. Um, we've had a big debate about whether we would do like a one-off episode of Out West because we were so wound up about the trailer. Yeah. Let's talk about the trailer. Okay. Did, were you expecting the trailer to be the way it was? Because I was not. No, I thought the trailer was... Uh, it was really cute. I thought it was like... I guess expecting is an interesting way to put it. I saw a lot of what I expected in the sense of like, oh, of course, they're going to show like Dolores being a badass. And of course, they're going to show the man in black being back. I thought a lot of it was like unspecific. Like I think the most surprising thing in that trailer was those cars. Oh, I thought the tiger was the most surprising thing. No, see, the tiger had no effect on me. I don't. People were like, I just like we're in the West. Like, what's I don't know. I don't know, but people had like crazy zoos in the the West. People definitely like definitely in like the Wild West. People like would bring exotic circus kind of thing. This is what I thought. So people were like, oh, the the tiger is definitely from Samurai World. We're going to talk about Samurai World in a second. Okay, or most importantly, the lack of Samurai World. Well, we're going to talk about Samurai World as a thing, and then we're going to talk about why. Why I'm mad? Um, I'm not mad. But okay, but uh, <laughs> not mad. I'm a little upset. Uh, I'm a little agitated. But the tiger people are making a big deal of the tiger. I guess like, but I felt like they spent a lot of time on that first shot of yeah. who is it? Is it Bernard looking at the tiger? Yeah. And 
I, I mean, yes, it's possible. He's like, it's a, um, it doesn't look like anything to me situation. Right. Right. He like can't see the tiger. Right. Which would make, I guess makes sense. But why wouldn't you program them to know what animals look like? Also, can't you, couldn't you extrapolate? Like I get not knowing something specific, like a, a city. I mean, it's also a trailer. We, we saw what, like four seconds? But we're analyzing the trailer. <laughs> okay, this is what okay, we're doing okay. right now. Is we're, all right, all right. we're going deep on what was going on in that scene. Oh, John has a thought. Well, we should also mention that, like, that trailer that was played at Comic Con, word on the street is that they only began shooting the next season of Westworld two days before they showed that trailer. I don't I think can't that's, believe I don't that. believe that's true. For a couple of, one, I think that there's stuff that they shot, must have, they must have shot stuff for another season. When they were doing the other, I feel like there's stuff that it was very specifically like, look like he was in the same, I know this is how TV works, but it looked like it was shot exactly in the same moment it's or scene. It's almost like it's from the same show. It's like the same costumes, the same hair. Same characters. I just feel like there was stuff there that I th- I looked at and I was like, oh, I, I think they shot, they must have shot that. You That's think like it was like extra, an outtake or, or something? Or like extra yeah. footage, you know? Maybe. Well, I don't know, two days of, but they, in the two days I they co- I can't believe that. Yeah, you're telling me in the two days, here's what they covered. They covered a horseback riding scene where Dolores is shooting somebody. They covered a scene where Bernard's looking at a tiger washed up. They covered a scene where people walk into the, whatever the war room is and are like walking around inside of the like destroyed facility. They did a scene where some guys arrive in some new Mad Max style cars and they shot a close up of the man in black. That one seems easy. No, but I'm just saying all of that in two days seems a little... And then does seem ambitious. color processed and... Ed- I mean, it just takes a long time to put something like that together, as, I mean, just, as you know. I just think like all that stuff at... I can take... I mean, I'm, some of those might have been shot, like, recently. Some of them I have to assume were shot recently. Yeah. Anyhow, so... Okay, but no Samurai World. So we see Bernard looking at a tiger. And the tiger... The idea is the tiger came from Samurai World? Is that what we're saying? I mean, there's a lot of speculation on Reddit... <laughs> Have you seen Reddit, the website Reddit? It's uh, .com, reddit.com. They have these, uh, uh, they call them subreddits, and uh, I'm not mansplaining, but it sounds like I am. That's exactly what you're doing. Actually, um, but people were like, I think I read a thread there where. um, How do threads work? Let me explain how. (laughs) You may not know because you're a lady. Um, No, people were uh, talking about, yeah, I guess maybe the water. The, the ocean somehow is, like, on the other side of the ocean. I'm not, I'm not sold yet. No, neither am I. Oh, okay. Is that why you're not doing a great job of uh, describing yeah, this? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying this is what people were saying, not Josh. I see. Josh I see. didn't say this. Disclaimer. It's something like, you know, oh, yeah, it washed up from Samurai World, which is, like, on the other side of the water. But then somebody said something really interesting. I thought we were getting threat. into, like, a Life of Pi kind of situation. Well, I think it is. Oh, you mean, like, it, it was on, a like, a boat with a kid? Know. Isn't that what happens in the life of Pi? Yeah. Like a kid is in a boat with a tiger and yeah. they form and a the, tense. The studio bank goes bankrupt because the animation was so complicated. Is that an Ang Lee movie? Uh, I think so. Yeah. He's Didn't he also make that horrible Hulk movie where he played the Hulk? I don't know. Yeah. Ang Lee directed the, the first Incredible Hulk. I think it's called The Incredible Hulk, the one starring Edward Norton. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he was like, I was, I'm the only person who can understand how the Hulk should move. And so he did all the motion capture. Can you please check this out and back me up on this? <laughs> and, like, check. and I think there was a lot of uh, people, there was a lot of people who were like, this Hulk seems ridiculous. Well, that's like what Quentin Tarantino was like, I have to be the one to choke Diane Kruger in that, uh, in that movie. What? There's this, there's this really creepy interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino where he talks about how um, as if he's not like already a creepy guy, but he talks about in Inglorious Bastards when there's that scene when 
I think it's Diane Kruger, the blonde woman in that movie. No, there's two, there several blonde women in that movie. The, you're talking about the uh, the main one who kills the one who gets choked. Hitler. Spoiler alert: <laughs> Hitler gets <laughs> shot up by it with yeah. a machine gun. Uh, and he, someone gets choked in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Quentin was like, "The only one who can really like do it is me." So it's his hands that oh. are doing it, which is really creepy. I get that. Do you have? I mean, I, I get, I'm not I'm, seeing this anywhere. Well, what's weird is it? What's weird is the director? You'd be like, <laughs> which which thing that we're making up right now? Are you not seeing? The Ang Lee. <laughs> more specific. Just search for Ang Lee Hulk <laughs> motion capture. That's my. That's you get a little taste of my brain there. It's how my brain works. Yeah. Are you saying? Um, it's weird to me. Well, because the Quentin Tarantino thing is like, he's a director. Yeah. So it kind of is a knock on his craft. That he can't get someone to do that it the he way could, he wants. He couldn't get somebody to act in the way that he wanted to with their hands. Or maybe he just really wanted to choke her. Well, maybe. that's he's the, a creep. That's where one goes. <laughs> I mean, he does seem like a creep. But the next is, question I believe Conan asked was, are you ever going to have children? Which was like, <laughs> was really right, weird. Conan. It's a weird interview. <laughs> I, I get it. That's a very good. <laughs> yeah. That's very Conan. Okay, so wait, what were we talking about? Wait, oh, so the, right the, the, the Reddit thread <laughs> uh, oh, about right, right, Westworld. Okay. So, so what was interesting was somebody said... What if at the end of Game of Thrones – you watch Game of Thrones, right? I don't. You don't? I've read the books, but I don't watch the show. That's wild. I know. I'm a weird, terrible person. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. You've never watched the show? I've seen like one or two episodes. This wasn't for you. Like we could do a whole episode on that. I don't – I don't – I'm not – I can't say this on a podcast. You can, say, you can say whatever you want. I don't like George R. R. Martin. That's fine to say. You mean like you don't like him I as a like person? I don't like his writing. You think it's bad? I think he uses rape a lot as a plot point. Well, I think he's – you and know. in, like, not just Game of Thrones, but, like, a lot of different stories that he's written. Really? Yeah, it's kind of a problem for me. I mean, maybe he just really wants to explore the rape. <laughs> he doesn't really explore it, though, does he? No. He never like, gets mm -hmm. under—he's not like, like, let's talk about what happened there. No. And it's mm -hmm. more like a rape is going to happen. There's this short story—the short story that, like, put me over the edge— for him was there's a short story where like the first scene is this woman walks in or like sort of busts into her father's house and is like you raped me and then it like cuts away and there's all this other stuff that happens and at the end it turns out that like he didn't really it was just like a metaphor and I was just like mm. I, I'm done I feel like George R. R. Martin should not mess with metaphors too much I feel like he doesn't. Stick to dragons. Yeah, I feel like. Okay, do you have information about should Ang Lee? We, should we no, start I, with something else? No, I can't else? find any of this. this. No, this is crazy. This is going I do off have the a rails. Is, have you ever listened to this podcast? I have. This actually. is kind of. This is we're in. I, in my opinion, this is like we've already skipped the small talk and we're like in the, the best. Of it. We're in the best. This is the best version of this. As, as for me at least, I don't know what it's like to listen to. Probably maddening. A little. I don't know because because <laughs> this is how my this is me. This is how my brain functions. I think John. Can you back this up? Yeah. Would you say this is normal for me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't – I'm, like, glad that you're playing – that you seem to be playing along. I just came from an interview with Mike Pesca, who does this exact thing, so oh, I'm, no. like, ready. Oh, boy. I have, and I have to interview him. You should, actually. Uh, so, anyhow, so somebody suggested in the Reddit thread <laughs> – I like – you're bringing it back. I, I appreciate I, yeah, that. I'm trying to get back on topic. Um, that, uh, that the water would meet up with uh, Westeros – and that the in that Game of Thrones was a world wow. in the wow. West World or in the worlds of West, West World. West World world. It would be Throne World. Throne World. I guess. Or like West Winter World. Oh, I see it'd be West. Westeros world. Yeah, that's what I was trying to go. Oh, yes, Thank, yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just getting your joke now. Um, have, <laughs> do we have any update on Ang Lee's Hulk? Yeah, I've, I found a YouTube video of him performing the Hulk. Okay. So no, I was so right. He did do it. He, no, I I think you'll find there's an interview from like Neon, a Brit great British 
movie oh, magazine. So that would have been helpful information. As I, was I know, I don't know. This. I'm not saying that for sure. But Neon was a great British movie magazine, which has been out of does not. It's been out of print for like a decade. Do you know it? Yeah, I'm like I've seen the covers. Like Neon. they have like really like iconic covers, right? Yeah, I once had a, got into a bidding war with a good friend of mine on eBay for an issue, <laughs> and it was like one of those things where we were drinking at night and we were oh, sitting in no. the same room, and eBay I was and like, "Drinking is bad." I was like, "I'm gonna bid on this," and he's like, "I'm gonna outbid you," and I'm like, "How dare you?" And then like it got bid up, and I ended up paying forty five dollars for it. What a wild night. And, and then I discovered that I actually owned the issue. <laughs> I came home and I was going through my bags, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I Samuel Jackson's on the cover, actually bringing it all the way back, and it's about Jackie Brown. So to give you, it kind of dates it, but anyhow. So yeah, so then we're looking at the, he's looking at the tiger. It's washed up on shore. We don't know where it came from. Right. And then we see, uh, what is the next thing we see? It's like Dolores. I mean, there's some vague. I think there's a Maeve scene after that. I think she's like walking in. Yeah, Maeve's the, hanging out with uh, the, that the horrible guy. What's the his guy, name? the guy who got drunk and urinated. I was bummed on actually the, to see that he's still there. It's such. I a, don't want him to live. Lee Sizemore. Lee Sizemore. I, that's his character name. Yes. I hate, God, I hope I hate so. Lee Sizemore. Uh, an interesting thing. Um, have you seen Ozark, the new? Uh, no, I hear it's great though. Uh, I want really. Be, I want to be able to talk. I don't think I, "great" was not a word I would use to describe it. I think it's got some entertaining parts, but it's some serious plot problems. But oh, really? I haven't seen it. Yeah, but it's interesting because there's a character in it. I'm not going to name names, and I'm not going to say when or where. But there's a character, and I was like, I hate this character. I hate this character so much. I was like, I really hope they kill this character off. And they, I will say, on, to the show's credit, they do. Which is really nice. Yeah, I, when Lee shows up again, because at first I was like, maybe, yes. And then I was like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Oh, am I allowed to curse on this podcast? You can say whatever you want. Great. I mean, unless it's offensive to, to my sensibilities. Ooh, okay. I'm going to try. You would be very hard. <laughs> um, no, you can say but I was, I was like super stoked Maeve is back. I was like, obviously she's going to be there like from the end. But I was like, why is Lee here? Why? Yeah. I don't, yeah, he's terrible. I don't, They're going to make him a character, aren't they? They're going to like they develop yeah. him. Him and Maeve are going to become like, oh, of course – they're going to have a relationship, right? Because she's her whole thing. She can control things now. Yeah. And he's like the storyteller. Yeah. Oh, just thinking about it right now makes me very <laughs> depressed. Like, yeah. like they're going to enlarge Lee Sizemore's he's role. He's going to be sized more. <laughs> can we? Uh, mm. More size. More sizable role. Can we have more sizable role. <laughs> more, a more sizable Lee, really, when you think about yeah. it uh, in, this, in the plot. So let's talk about your career. Um, <laughs> sure. Should we do a little? Should we do a little catch sure, it up? Sure. We'll get back to. We're going to get back to Samurai. Okay, uh, Samurai everything world. comes back to Samurai World. So designer, uh, producer, designer, graphic designer. Yeah. You said that very. I mean, it's just that's. What do you need design? I, I can Industri- design it. No. Industrial design. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> could you design graphic. like uh, if I wanted to create a new smartphone? Could you help me with that? No. No. Okay. Uh, writer and animator. Tell me about animator. Yeah. So I worked at TED Education, helping them make animations, and then kind of like some, doing some of my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And what was your what was your own stuff? What was that? I like stop motion animation the best. Like actual stop motion. Yeah. Like yeah. With, where you're with like physical objects, pushing things around and I've taking a that. thousand photos. I've done that with a Super Eight camera. Yeah. That's how old I am. There you go. <laughs> That's like an instant uh, way to sound like a very old person. <laughs> um, and so thirty for thirty. Tell me about this, like, because I know flash forward. I'm like, I'm fairly familiar with that, but like, tell me about. 30 for 30, how that works, your role there. It's all sports, right? It is sports. Are you a big sports fan? I am a big sports fan. Although what I say to – I know. What I say to people about 30 for 30. So 30 for 30 started – it's an ESPN project. It started as 30 films to commemorate the 31st years of ESPN. This was years and years ago. 
and now it's like over a hundred films and it sort of become a whole project. They really blew their um, thesis there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you can't change the name at this point, you right. know. They're um, like 30 for 30. It's a hundred things. <laughs> Obviously. Get it <laughs> yeah. together. Um, well, I mean 30 plus 30. Anyhow. Right, but, but like we got over 60 and then now it's all yeah, a show. Yeah. Um, but so every film is different. And the thing that I really like about 30 for 30 is that the thing I hear most about it from people is they're like, I don't really like sports, but I love 30 for 30. Because the whole point is they're like sports stories, but they're actually stories about culture and yeah. politics. OJ Made in America, which is sort of that seven-hour epic oh, right. That's a Is that's that a 30, a 30 for 30? That is a 30 for 30. Yeah, I feel, like I, I feel like I knew that but kind of glossed over it in my brain because it's such an epic. It's huge, yeah. Not I mean, to it's, say that 30 for 30 is an epic, but I'm just I like— I mean, we've never done anything like that before. It's such a massive thing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so recently, um, in the last couple of weeks, we launched podcasts. So now 30 for 30 podcasts are a thing, and I am a producer on the podcasts. This we is have brand new. five stories. Um, and they are all like <laughs> you're like thirty for thirty. It's a hundred films and five, five podcasts. Five podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna stop at thirty podcasts. No. Yeah. Um, uh, the th- every story is different, but they're all kind of supposed to basically give you sports, but also like a bigger picture. Um, so we've done one about this like failed ad campaign from the '92 Olympics and like what it's like to kind of be associated with failure your whole life. Mm. Um, and then let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the Josh Polsky story. Yeah, seriously. Um, Get me on a 30 for 30. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll interview. Um, we did one about Yankees suck, sort of like this movement and t-shirt empire. We did one about- Yankee. Yankees suck. Yankees suck. Like as in like Yankees suck. Yankees Is that a chant? It's a chant. Oh, it's a, for uh, Mets, Mets people chant Red that. Sox. Red Sox. Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. Well, the Yankees are- Oh, right, because there's a rivalry. Yeah, right, right, right. I don't see how this is. I, I literally know nothing. Should we find about, a sport for you? What? Okay. Let's see. Yes. What sport should we? Okay. I mean, um, I kinda, do you like. Yeah. I feel like soccer would be your sport because it's like yeah. for people who feel soccer like intellectually awful. Uh, awful. superior to other crowds people. Crowds are awful. Okay. Well, if you don't Actually, like crowds, soccer's cool. sports. No, but like there's a lot of soccer hooligans. There's like a lot of really yeah, bad, like, I don't know. I feel like that's less so in the U.S. Not say that's not there's, a thing in the U.S. But yeah. because soccer's not popular in the U.S. So like you want the thing that's like a little bit less Aren't soccer popular. games also really long? 90 minutes. But nobody ever scores, right? <laughs> that's not necessarily true. But like kind um, of it's kind of a thing where it's like they got one goal. Like, yeah. They I mean, won often the game. games are one nothing. Okay. So you want scoring. Let's see. Okay. You well, want scoring. I don't know. I don't cricket. Know. What about cricket? Cricket is like where you hit the things with the hammer through the little hoops. No. <laughs> oh no! Cricket is like is like tennis, but with a different racket. It's a little bit more like baseball. Badminton. Badminton. <laughs> Badminton oh, cricket's like cricket's like baseball. What about like okay, beach volleyball? No. No. <laughs> Not at all. Not outside. Okay. I mean, I I'm don't trying buy, to think of a good be, sport. Be. Curling. Is curling the one with the broom? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I will say this: like, like I like the idea of a broom being part yeah. of. Any and there's sport. a lot of yelling. There's a lot of yelling and curling. Well, who's what are they yelling at? The puck or whatever? No, they're yelling like, they're like sweep come more, on, sweep bristles. less. Oh, they have a coach or something. Yeah. Well, no, okay, so so they're yelling like curling. at themselves. <laughs> they're yelling at their teammates. Uh, oh, there's teams. There's teams. Oh my goodness! That's a one-on-one competition. No, 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 no. There's teams. Okay. It's yeah. like okay, it's like it. bocce, but like when the ball is rolling, you can actually like sweep the ice to make it go faster or slower. To like hit or not hit the other stones. <laughs> right. Anyway, 30 for 30. <laughs> okay, so 30 for 30. Uh, fencing, I think fencing would be fencing. The, fencing yeah. is, is fun. I have trouble watching fencing because it's like really fast and I don't really understand the rules. Isn't it you stab somebody with a sword and Yes, they... but there are three different kinds of fencing and they all have different rules about like wh- where you can touch and whether you're on the offense or defense mm-hmm. and if you can score. I don't know. It's a lot like life. <laughs> it's a microcosm. You know what? Sports are, in fact, a lot like life. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I mean, is football like life? 
I mean, it depends on what your life is like. Is my life like? I definitely have a brain injury, horrible brain injury. From, I mean, I can't answer that. From knocking into people for no reason. <laughs> Anyhow, um, a basketball. I love basketball. All right. Well, I don't love it. I mean. Do you have a team? What's your basketball team? Clippers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a team, right? Yeah. I love the Clippers. Do people hate them? No, I just, it's just I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there you have it. Uh, and, of course, the, the, the Knicks, the New York Knicks, but mostly the Clippers. I just want to say for the listeners that every time you say a team name, you give me this look like, is that a team? Yeah, well, <laughs> I just want to – you're the expert. Listen, it's hey, you're the 30 for 30 producer. I know. Anyhow, uh, back to that. So, right. So we had the episode about uh, Dan and Dave, the sort of ad campaign. We had Yankee Suck. We had an episode about – 20 women who decide with no experience at all to try to get to the North Pole and sort of yeah, like— Yeah, this sounds great. I would listen. Happens. I would totally listen to this. Um, one is—the uh, fourth one is about um, a casino heist uh, and sort of like how— How's that a sport? Uh, it's on ESPN. Gambling, on ESPN. Is, gambling is a sport yeah, now? Yeah. Wow. I think—I mean, it's a cool story. I, well, I'm oh, biased. It's my story. E-gaming. E-gaming. <laughs> e-gaming, yeah. <laughs> drone racing is the next big thing. Um, I just talked to somebody who invested in a—an investor who invested in a drone racing league. And I was like, that's cool. But it's then, on ESPN now. But then I've heard it's actually pretty boring to watch. I have watched it because I've been like, and, I need to understand this and, thing. And, and it's pretty boring. Yeah. I it's mean, also I like, like a lot of like adolescent white dudes. Oh, wow. I can't. I know. I know you're what? shocked by <laughs> that. Wow, wow, wow. Can you get like a psychedelic sound effect for what's happening in my brain? Um, I just feel like it's like it'd be a lot of shots of like drones yeah. flying, yeah. which is like. Well, they try to make everything really. Um, they make a lot of like neon. It looked kind of like a laser tag course in a lot of ways, right? Because they're like trying to whatever. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I know. You're like, get me into <laughs> oh, that. Laser tag. Mm, wow. Love me some. I mean, they know their audience, man. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and the last one was about um, a boxer who almost became the light heavyweight champion of the world from inside Rahway State Prison. So like oh, how like how do you become a So we did boxer? a story on this wrestler um Spotnik. I, I you, you know, know I read it. It was great. Yeah. So that to me is like and you know people we obviously pitch stories and like, I'm like eh. that one was like oh, this is so interesting. Yeah. This is like not it's sort of about sports but it's actually about like you know, the culture and the sort yeah. of a culture around like a particular sport. I sent so, that article to our team to be oh, like, hey, really? guys. Like, Great. There's going to be a 30, 30 for 30. Of like, Have you heard of this wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never believe the incredible story. Um, <laughs> you like my, look, John like perked up when he heard my radio voice. Did you like that? Can you like do, your okay, wait, can you, can you say, what if I told you? What if I told you that a wrestler in the deep south in the 1950s changed wrestling forever? Just by selling seats to black fans. How's that sound? It's good. It's a little long, it's, but it's good. I don't know. I, well, I didn't know where listen, I was going. It's fine. You're good. I was ad libbing. Listen, well, I'm going to steal that now. Give me so, on 30 for 30. Uh, <laughs> Great. Well, make, we can partner on that story. There you go. Um, okay. So the tiger washes up <laughs> on the beach. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, John? Whew. Okay. Should be an editing adventure? No, it's just all just straight through. You don't have to edit it. Let this be like this is like a, a Dogma '95 film. This, this is, is going like, to be like listening to this is going to feel like one of those seeing eye pictures where you have to like go like back and forth to try to see it. You know, that's what this is. Gonna, that's what the experience enjoy, is. As long as I'm enjoying it, that's actually the only. <laughs> and you're not miserable. That's the only thing. Hey, I, that, we, the, listen, they're really bad. It's going to be fine. And so, and so, what's the end game with Thirty for Thirty? Like, what is the what is the goal? Like, you, what do you want? It's like you're trying to talk about sports as a cultural artifact, or your sports is just kind of a a framing mechanism for for stories. So, I think that there's an answer for me personally, and an answer sort of broadly for Thirty for Thirty. Um, 
broadly for 30 for 30, I think that they just want to tell really great sports stories. And that can be a bigger cultural picture. But they also do ones that are nostalgia, like, hey, remember this team? It was an amazing team. And you get these people who are like, yes, I love that team. Right. And those are great. People love those. To me, the thing that's interesting about sports is that it touches on so many different things that are really important, like culture and politics and place and sort of like what it means to be from somewhere, what it means to have a fandom, what it means to like have heroes in a certain way. I think there's just so many things that it can illuminate. Um, And I'm interested in those things where, I mean, my favorite thing I ever hear about 30 for 30 is people saying like, I don't like sports, but I love this because it's really kind of about sports, but also taught me something else that I didn't realize or made me think about things in a different way. Um, And that's kind of the sweet spot for me where it's like sports kind of have a nice like cheat code built in narrative, right? Mm. Where you're like, there's conflict, right? There are people who are fighting with each other in this way. Sometimes literally. Sometimes literally. And there's like there's a winner and a loser. There are consequences. You know, you have kind of a built in a little bit of that stuff that you have to do in a story sometimes and can be hard, especially coming from science and tech where you're like, let's make the Higgs boson a character and see, you know, like and you have to do these like weird (laughs) things to try to like make people care. Particle accelerator. Right. And but with sports, you know, there is an audience that like deeply cares no matter what. And also there are people like it just has some of those narrative elements that you already you want in a story. They're already kind of built in. Right. There's like a, a natural tension of the competition. Exactly. But so do you have like sports heroes? Are you like yeah. really? Yeah. Who's gonna name a sports hero for me? Um I mean, um the ninety nine women's soccer team, the US women's national team, mm-hmm. like that whole team. The entire um, team. I mean, yeah, like they usually people are like Michael Jordan. Yeah. You're like a fifty people. Yeah, I well, not fifty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how big a soccer um, team. How big is a soccer team? There were probably I think there were twenty one women on the roster. Okay. Um Pretty yeah, Michelle Akers is probably the person on that team who I would say, like, Michelle Akers is my, like, sports hero. I grew okay. up watching that. That was, like, my thing. I was like, I'm going to be a professional soccer player. Did and, you like, play you know, soccer? I did play soccer. Were you any good at it? Uh, I was decent, yeah. This is why you were talking about soccer earlier. You're yeah, like, yeah, I'm all about soccer. So I'm soccer, to, like, your, is that your favorite That's sport? That's fa- probably my favorite sport, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so also, what, like, what is the Serena team you Williams root for? is, like, pretty... Great. Yeah, that's I mean, true. the U.S. Women's National Team is that's like your the team. team that I root for. See, I will also very... root for the men's team, but you know, is there a but band men? Yeah. Is there a is there a New York team like a soccer? There are team? two New York teams. What are they called? Uh, NYCFC and the New York Red Bulls. Um, I'm a Red Bulls fan. Is that a, a sponsored by Red Bull? Yes, they oh. used to be called the Metro Stars. Um, I haven't actually like so I grew up in New Jersey like going to Metro Stars games and so I have like a Metro Stars jersey that I wear to games because I refuse to wear Red Bull paraphernalia. Really? Yeah. Um, but oh, you go. You oh, you wear their old. Their old jersey. Is that yeah. acceptable? Do they like? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That? I think okay. it's it also like to be one of those like assholes that like shows you who like the real fans are because they're yeah. like oh I know what that is as opposed to being like what are you wearing? You've been there <laughs> since the start. The beginning. But nobody nobody in America likes soccer. Why do you think that is? Um, we already have sports. We have football and baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, we have basketball. Um, America's not dominant on the national or international stage at soccer. We probably won't be for a long time. But isn't it because it's self-fulfilling? Pro- I right. mean, it's sort of like a cyclical thing where yeah. we're not making it a big deal. Therefore, we don't get And the also, best you know, like the way that just like the way that our youth system is set up in the U.S. sucks and doesn't right. doesn't right. make like there's no way to find good players. Those players, it's pay to play in a way that it isn't in Europe. Like if you are really good at soccer in Europe, you don't pay to play on a club. Like, they pull you and they bring you. Pay to play? What does that mean? Basically, like, if you want to play on a soccer team in the U.S., you end up paying money to the club to be able to play. You mean, like, a professional—I'm sorry, I guess I'm confused. You mean, like, if you're a kid, you have to join a soccer league. Mm -hmm. And that costs money. 
Like it's an extracurricular activity that you do right. and you outside pay for your jerseys, of, you pay for your tournaments. Every tournament costs money to enter. So depending on the level at which you're playing, once you start to really get into the like mid to higher levels, it's thousands and thousands of dollars a year. So a lot of families can't afford that, especially if they have more than one kid. And I mean, oh. Clint Dempsey is a classic. So he's a national yeah, men's national sure. team player. Clint Dempsey. Um, he's a classic <laughs> example of he had siblings and their parents basically were like, only one of you can do a sport because we cannot afford to have more than one of you and they play. they chose soccer. Well, so there's a— it's Are they, a, like, actually <laughs> British, though? Come on. <laughs> actually, we are. The U.S. men's team does pull a lot of players who are, like, basically, like, army kids who've, like, lived in Europe, played in that yeah. system, and then they're, like, technically American. I mean, Clint Dempsey sounds like an unbelievably American name. Clint Dempsey is the most American. He's got, like, a very—he's from Texas. He has oh, a okay. very thick southern accent. So, like, drives a Ford F-150 he, Probably. He's—I mean, he is— he is very American. Clint Dempsey. Clint I gotta, Dempsey. Yeah. We got a junk. You get a, a photo Can of Clint Dempsey. Can you pull Dempsey? up Clint Dempsey's yeah, um, rap? Great. He has a rap video. No, what? Really? Yes. He has a rap video. Yes, it's very bad. Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey. Uh, we'll put that for the listener, <laughs> for the for the punished listener that is experiencing this right it's, now. It's we'll, put a, we'll put a little Clint Dempsey yeah. rap in there. Yeah. Cause I got on my job and made the game ferocious. I was born with the drive. I got that from your coaches. Big hulking dudes, spitting truth in the booth. Stop, drop, and roll. I bring down the roof. Got nothing to lose. Oh, there he is. That's, there he is, yeah. Oh, he's rugged. That's a good photo of him. That's, he looks very he's, European in that picture. Okay, he does. So he's he's like a very intense man with like very intense eyes. Like he doesn't look as scary in that picture as he normally does. I feel like there's almost like a f- kind of a fashion quality to that. Like almost like a... Uh, like a GQ kind of thing. Yeah, it's a little, a little like. <laughs> He's no Ronaldo. There he is. Oh yeah, uh, you now in that picture he looks like a American guy. Looks <laughs> like a guy from Texas. <laughs> he is. He is a guy from Texas. Good old Clint Dempsey. Um, All right, let's take a quick break. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we come back, Sam Martin. We're gonna talk about Sam. <laughs> Feeling the pain of having outdated technology, which let's be honest, you are. Count on Atlantic.net for the latest firewall, intrusion detection, backup solutions, disaster recovery, and virtualization. Atlantic.net is a hosting solution provider that features HIPAA compliance for healthcare, PCI compliance for e-commerce, and dedicated hosting for ad tech. Made and managed in the USA, Atlantic.net provides dedicated cloud-managed co-location and hybrid hosting. So whether you're starting a new project or not getting the results you want from your current providers, Atlantic.net has solutions to help you succeed. With fully audited services and 23 years in business and six data centers, four in the U.S., one in Canada, and one in the U.K., they won't let you down. Atlantic.net, simple, fast, reliable server hosting since 1994. Visit Atlantic.net to learn more. That's Atlantic.net for more information. Oh, we're back with Rose Eveleth. Uh, we were just talking about Clint Dempsey. Mostly Samurai World. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly Samurai World. Are you, so So are you, how much are you, so you're producing, you're doing a lot of on, on mic stuff. Yeah. Are you writing? Mm-hmm. How much are you writing? I mean, I write all the episodes, I write my episodes. So right. I write the no, no, but like, like on the oh, internet. on the like internet. Stuff, yeah. Not as much as I would like to be yeah. because um, 
I don't have any time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do blog for um, a blog called Last Word on Nothing, which is about science and technology. Um, Last Word on Nothing. Yep. Dot com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you seemed unsure. I was like, is like, it .org? I think, I think so. It's not a .org. I've actually never visited the website that What's I write for. <laughs> really? No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, uh, what's the last thing you wrote? Um, what is, I, it's, I've, I've been really bad about it because I've been doing these audio documentaries that take forever. Well, those are very time-consuming. They are very I mean, do, producing anything that's like audio or video is like a very different Yeah, I mean, practice. for the North Pole story, I had 60 hours of tape that I had to go through. You so. didn't go to the North Pole, though. Oh, unfortunately, no. I was trying to convince. I was like, Ethan, you guys have money. Come on. Yeah. Um, no, but I did get to go to the UK. So I got to go around the UK. Did, what, for a soccer thing? No, no, to go interview <laughs> these women. They're all from the UK. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, that's fun. So wait, where did you go? Um, I went to London. Yeah. I got to go to Bath. Um, okay. I actually went, also got to go up to Inverness, which is beautiful. Um, Inverness. Scotland. Oh. Um, uh, it's where Tilda Swinton lives. Oh, she lives there. I got to see her house. You did? Yeah. What, do they do tours or something? No. So um, the woman that I was interviewing now works at a school that Tilda Swinton runs in Inverness. Tilda Swinton runs a school. Runs a school. It must be the craziest school in the world. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, um, it's that exactly. Nothing, nothing makes any sense It's like school. all like hands-on. It's very like spiritual, but not, like, religious. It's, like, very, like, kind of whatever. I mean, it seems I would have loved to go to that school. I probably would have been a better student if I had gone to that I school. Think, I think we all um, probably would have. But so so I thought that it was, like, oh, Tilda's, like, involved, quote-unquote, right? Like, she, whatever. No, she, like, lives there, runs the school. I And, like, this woman I was talking to was, like, oh, Tilda might come over. And I was, like... How does she have time for that? I don't know. Well, and I was like, it's, if Tilda Swinton just like walks into this house, I I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know how to react to that. How would you? Re- how, what do I you think? Know. You don't have because, any idea? Like, She's so, like, otherworldly looking in so many of the things that, like, you see her in. But I don't know what she would look like. And I think she is very striking looking. But she probably also looks pretty normal, right? Right. Maybe. I don't know. I just, I don't know. She's wearing, like, a coat. It didn't happen. like, a bag and, like, a normal Right. She's, like, a normal human. She's wearing, like, a pair of New Balance or something. (laughs) Yeah. I hope she rolls in with, like, a big robe or something. Well, you would imagine that, like, with, with certain celebrities, you sort of can't. Like, she would be one of those people that it's like, well, you can't imagine that easily yeah. her just doing a normal thing. Yeah. Like, grocery shopping. Right. Like, think of Tilda Swinton in a grocery store <laughs> just putting – I'm not saying that she's, like, elitist or something, that she wouldn't – It's a, she's above it. It's just hard to think of her doing it, like – it seems like she would be – actually, I would kind of like to watch a documentary about Tilda Swinton's shop. Could you actually find somebody to do a 30 for 30 <laughs> Yeah. Uh, a film where yeah, it's about Tilda Swinton going to like go a, the grocery store. A local, what's like a British uh, grocery store? It's called like Christie's. No, Christie's is, is in, a, in um, New York. Jeez. They don't even have Christie's in London. Trust we don't me. have Christie's in Brooklyn. It's so not Inverness. <laughs> like, they don't have it. In Inver- um, uh, what is the thing? It's like called like Strawberries Tesco. or Tesco. Sure, I like to see her at a Strawberries. I don't know what that is. I think it's a <laughs> clothing store in the mall. It sells ladies' clothes. Strawberry? Strawberry. That's is that a clothing, clothing store? store in the mall that Strawberry sells really is just made up. Ala- mostly ala- I think only elastic clothes. I think everything that they sell is spandex. What do you mean? Like everything in that store seems to be like form-fitting and like very tight. Like workout gear. No, like like bodycon dresses. I, I don't know if you're familiar with bodycon dresses. What, what's bodycon? <laughs> like body oh, conforming. Contour, oh, conforming. Yeah. Con- or contouring. I don't really Contouring know. or conforming. Very different things. I think... I don't know. I've, yeah. I don't own one. Well, you know what? There's always... Know. We got to take a trip to Strawberry. Yeah, sorry. We should do a 30 for 30. <laughs> we got Strawberry in a local mall. With Tilda Swinton. With Tilda <laughs> Can you imagine her in a Strawberry? You know, can you imagine her trying on a shirt or something? No. No. That's And that's why it was difficult to know what you would do if you saw her. Exactly. Luckily, you didn't, that didn't happen. Unfortunately, it did not happen. All right. So let's talk about Samurai World. Let's okay. talk about this trailer. All right. All right. So, so the tiger. So he's, Bernard's looking at the tiger. And he seems to be thinking, 
But we don't know what he's thinking. Well, because he's a robot. Well, we should be able to know what he's thinking better than anything in that case. Unless you have that readout where you're like, they're yeah. showing. Yeah. The did you like, I mean, did you like Westworld the first season? Yeah, I did. I, did I got f- frustrated by the end. Um, what frustrated you? I feel like they made some changes halfway through. I don't like um, Charlotte Hale as a character. Oh, right. That seemed um, really weirdly like like they had this whole like shift where it was like grafted. A bunch of people yeah. seemed grafted in. Yeah, it felt like they were, and also like they were clearly trying to do a thing with her where it was like, oh, she's like a dude tech guy, but she's a lady, so she's like sitting there like with her legs open eating chips, and I'm like, no, this is like so unbelievable uh, I to didn't, me. I kind of didn't. I don't remember. I mean, I sort of now I'm remembering it, and you're right, but I never. They're th- trying to do like a gender swapped like oh like dick CEO kind of thing, well, but it's like it's a fut- lady. It's in the future. Is it in the future? Isn't it in the future? <laughs> I think it's in the future. I think it's in the future. No, I mean, you, um, do you think it's now? I think it's happening right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Westworld is currently... It's on the moon. It is on the moon. <laughs> it's on the moon. What do you think? I, don't, I think we talked we about, this. Talk about this. Do you have a, do you have an idea no, of where No, I think it is? it's in the West somewhere. I think it's... Why would it be in the nowhere. West? Because why not? Why would it be on the moon? Well, you can, I mean, well, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons it would be on the moon. <laughs> I mean, you got to keep those things off of the planet. Yeah. Right? I mean, we think the train goes into Chicago. <laughs> like, where does the train go? Yeah. To L.A.? Anchorage somewhere. Yeah. Um, no, it goes. faction of the internet that thinks this is pretty good, that it's in China or the yeah. surrounding waters yeah, somewhere. Because the only, because we hear English and um, Can't Mandarin, or Mandarin. Okay. Or, uh, at various points, like uh, in the train announcements or in. But that's just kind of like. Uh, could be universal languages. Well, like, no, yeah, that's just like you, if you just do a little bit of, you know, work backwards from. Well, where we are future, now, then, yeah. work forwards for where right, we are dominant now. Dominant language right. could be Chinese. Right, yeah, it would be like... You but know, does the train go to Samurai World is the question. Uh, well, okay, so one of the things that's interesting is that what we have seen in the kind of like the train station mm-hmm. is like it's all about Westworld. Right. Right, the Westworld logo is, right, the, isn't the Westworld logo everywhere? Yeah. Right, the W? Yeah. Like it's on everything. Yeah. But then it suggests, so the question becomes, and I don't remember how they end up in Samurai World, if it's another level or if. Oh, like physically how yeah, they Yeah, like up how there? they end up there. Like I can't remember, but like are there S's everywhere on that level? Well, so in the original Westworld, right? Okay, which is not, we're not, in, this is not canon, but. But still. Okay. Right, like they you, yeah. they go in and everything is Westworld, but then you choose, but still things are like Yeah, they had a Roman Westworld. world and right. medieval world. Right, no Samurai world. Such, so dumb, such dumb names. I mean, they're really, Roman world, like it gotta be a better name. Why not call it a, a thing, like give it a name? Parthenon world. Yeah, or just Parthenon. But I think you gotta have the world in there, it's branding. <laughs> They own the world. They own the word <laughs> world. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're the world brands. Yeah. You well, know us because we make worlds. Yeah. Anyhow. So the question is, is Samurai World as vast, seemingly vast as the Westworld apparatus, the Westworld structure, which would, like, I think tremendously change our perspective on the goings on in Westworld, which is problematic for the show. Well, or it explains why they're, like, so bad at keeping track of what's going on with their robots if they have, like, four other worlds they also that are this vast that they also have to deal with. Do you think the ultimate twist in the show is that the world is just another world? Yeah. Like, the I mean, ulti- so like seventh say- season, it's like, they're like, they oh, welcome to, welcome to world. <laughs> yeah. Or world world or whatever. And it's, it's like, like, just. The, the world was coming from inside the house the whole time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the world was coming from inside the house will probably be the tagline. <laughs> For the final season, after the reveal in season six, yeah. where, oh, the world is a world. Yeah. 
a Westworld world. Yeah. Delos. Is that the name of the company? I can't remember now. De- Delos? Yeah, Delos? that sounds right. Delos. Delos, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a Delos world. Man. TM. TM. <laughs> yeah. TM, so, TM. So, so, yeah, I think it, like, changes the – yes, I agree <sighs> with you that it would be – it would explain a lot about why they're so bad at something they should be very good at, which is, like, we made robots that are under our complete control, and yet sometimes they just go off the grid and we can't find them. But it would also mean – that like there's a there's a show you could have done that seems as vast as Westworld about Samurai World. You don't okay. So there was so much writing about Westworld and the way it used like westerns as a trope and sort of like as a like framework. Mm-hmm. And people argued, I think somewhat convincingly, that the Western frame helps them make some of the points they're trying to make about robots and about sort of colonization and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, in like a, I think it would be harder to do that. In like a take in way, Samurai I feel world. Like. But also like... Well, it'd be harder I for think, us to perceive a reason for it existing. Yes, but also as a TV executive, I can also imagine them being like, we could offend a lot of people doing Samurai World, whereas Westworld is easier. Well, everything... I mean, you're talking about the guys who are rolling out Confederates. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I mean you're, you're like... like I mean, look, there's no question in any – but even Westworld had its, like, you know, the the natives yeah, or really whatever. Bad. There's some – there's stuff. That, but, of course, like, okay, but you could go, well, they're presenting this, like, fictional Western – I don't buy that. Okay, fine. But, I mean, you could make an argument. I, you one, can. You'd just one, be wrong. One yeah. could make an argument. So Samurai World, yeah. I mean, is it going to be the, all this, like, Orientalism, like, bullshit? I mean, it would have to be. It's yeah. Samurai World. So Especially far, what we Lee fucking Sizemore is involved. Yeah. Well, is he though? That's what I'm saying. Is there a Lee Sizemore for Samurai World? Is there Anthony Hopkins? He didn't have any uh, Japanese he's stuff. He's done, right? He's not in. No, he's definitely coming back. I mean, he wasn't. He I mean, wasn't yeah. in any of the cast he's not photos. Not signed up. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I saw I'm all sure those cast photos. I'm sure there like won't be an Anthony Comic-Con. Hopkins robot that appears at the end of season two. That definitely won't happen. Um, <laughs> you think they're not going to milk some shit like that? Do you think Anthony Hopkins wants to be involved anymore? I think how big is the check is the question. I think I Anthony Hopkins Anthony Hopkins is in the new fucking Transformers movie. <laughs> oh, so I, I think the question for you, when it comes to Anthony Hopkins, like if I wanted oh, Anthony Hopkins to perform on in an outline <laughs> like video, yeah, like, no, literally, it's like, can I write Nicki Minaj the, he's like, a She's like, show me the money is yeah. literally what Anthony Hopkins is doing. I I don't think he's like that choosy about the roles that he takes. I think he's kind of like. All right. So when is the Anthony Hopkins outline video? Uh, we're working on something with him right now. Uh, it's very exciting stuff. Great. Um, anyhow, but uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so is there? So Anthony Hopkins, he didn't have any. I didn't see any Samurai World plans in his. No, office. he seems pretty connected to Westworld. So is there an Anthony Hopkins for Samurai World? Oh, you know what we're gonna find out. <laughs> I just realized that. It's going to be a fucking clone of Anthony Hopkins running all the other worlds. Think and about who's it. Who's the real one? No, I mean, yeah, exactly. He cloned himself to run all the other worlds and program them to, like, focus on those worlds. And then did he kill the real one or did he kill one of the clones that he made to run the other worlds? Do you think there's a, like, did his I just blow family? your fucking mind? <laughs> Do you think there's, like, a his family house in each one? You know, like, where he had, like, recreated no, no, his dad? That's only, that's Westworld only Westworld because it— because I don't know, he yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. It's like a British house, right? But it doesn't make any sense in Westworld either. <laughs> no, but it makes. I'm saying no, it doesn't make any sense. Period. Because it's like he put like a British house in the middle of the desert or yeah. something, and he's like, oh, you know, we're having tea or whatever they do in England. Um, <laughs> it's like biscuits and tea, and it's like it's like 1820, and it's like actually 18. What is the year in Westworld? Do we know? The after the Civil War. Well, the Civil War isn't real in Westworld. It's like a it's like a an but amalgamation. But of, you will agree that it's after the Civil War. 
Oh yeah. The, the scene, this everything set after that, isn't it? I think it belongs to its own timeline. Like it's not <clears throat> the Civil War. It's like the it's it's just war. Oh, actually, because there's a period where the Civil War is still going on, isn't there? Well, it's like there are soldiers from various sides, but it's like a combination of a lot of different things. It's like a video game. It's like not real. It turns just out. like just like Ready Player One, my <laughs> next film that I can't wait to see. Have Are you, you watched the trailer for that? I have not. I read the book. I'm kind of skeptical of the movie. Did you like the book? I thought it was. I didn't like it as much as everyone told me I was going to like it. I think is the thing. I read it. Somebody told me it was like, oh, you're going to love this. Yeah. And I was like, it's a very entertaining book. Yeah. I don't think it's a good book. Like, it's like I'm a not romp. Like, I'm like, wow, this is a literary masterpiece. Did you watch all the Comic Con trailers and stuff? No, not all of them. Really? Yeah. What have you seen of, of the Comic Con? Only the Westworld one. Oh, that's all you've seen. Yeah, I've been in a hole making these audio things. <laughs> Thirty <laughs> I know, for thirty. I'm terrible. Is thirty for thirty. Look, subscribe, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> subscribe, to the podcast. like, please, and subscribe. Like it's up. Like it's up. Please mash that like button. <laughs> um. So okay. So the tigers washed up okay. on the on the on the shore. <laughs> Bernard's looking down at it. Uh, we don't know what he's thinking. No. We don't know where the tiger came from. No. I think it's you like think circus. I think circus or there was a zoo. There's some kind of weird zoo you can go to in Westworld. I don't know what. I, somebody was like, uh, well, it's from obviously from Samurai World, but tigers aren't like native to Japan or whatever, right? Yeah, I don't feel like I associate tigers with samurai. I mean, it's did they sh- have they shown a, a, a tiger at any point in the show? Not that I, I can like Reddit, remember. I feel like Reddit would yeah. answer this. And like, did they show a tiger anywhere near Samurai World? I don't. I don't remember. But that, like, it was so fast. Our like little blip of of Samurai World. I honestly can't even remember what happened. I should have gone back and watched it. Watched but it. my recollection is somehow they get to another door. Yeah. And the door has. And then a they're different, like, "Oh, let's not talk about that." The door it's has complicated. A, I think was what he said. The door has a different logo because it was Mave. Right? It's Mave and the tech who Felix. I guess so. Felix that, and uh, Felix and uh, oh, it's the bird, it's the cat and the mouse thing. Um, oh, Felix, Sylvester, and, Sylvester. That's really, it is. is it actually Felix and Sylvester? Yeah, they're robots, right? Oh no, they're she established they're not robots. I thought they were for the longest. For time. For sure, but. that would have been a great twist. Um, yeah, and then they show some samurais, right? Yeah, they're like in glass boxes. Yeah. doing some stuff. Now, I guess it's possible the samurai world is just like if they're getting ready for it. Right, maybe it hasn't launched yet. Yeah. That'd be a huge bummer because it really limits the possibilities of Westworld. I was surprised with the Westworld trailer because we had been told at the end of Westworld or like I guess when they got renewed for a second season that this was like a prequel and that everything else was going to kind of zoom out and explain the broader world. Do you remember this? There was like some. John, is this true? Yeah. One of the creators was like, we think of the first season as a more of a prequel to what we can do in the world. of. Oh, no. So the first season was the prequel. Right. Right, but so but I thought that meant— what do they mean, meant, like, it's just a setup? That's why I was like, is this going to turn into, like, the fucking West Wing, like, where they're just going to walk and talk around Delos? Like, I don't care. Um, May, so I was that glad person... that there was actual action in Westworld. I, yeah. I was worried it was just going to be, like, Charlotte Hale and all those people, like, making deals in back rooms, and I don't care about that. That would be horrible. Yeah. Maybe that person doesn't know what prequel means. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoever they were, they were like, I'm not entirely sure what that word means, but I think this Sounds is what right. it is. That's yeah. a word people use. Yeah, it definitely is. Um— so anyhow, I just think that 
And I guess, you know, we're, we're not going to see this thing until when? The fall of 2018 or I think the, so, yeah. the summer of 2018? Yeah. Like Wait, a long time. John, when is it coming out? They've only said 2018. Oh. <laughs> it's vague. Well, HBO's- if they put that trailer together in two days, they should be able to whip it right out. <laughs> I know, seriously. They can have that going by the end of the year. I feel like HBO is like getting really bad at announcements. Like <laughs> the Confederate thing was like a real mess. They're yeah. like, we don't know what's going to be. It's going to be about slavery. And like, we're like, okay. You guys like slavery, right? Everyone and likes the slavery. Game of Thrones guys are running it. It's yeah. like, oh, it seems a little loose. Um, and then this one is like, I don't know, anyhow. So we're obviously going to be looking forward to that. You know, you did, let's talk a little bit about The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Because you guys did the podcast. You watched it also, right? I've watched all of it. Uh, it was actually aggravating because Laura was watching screeners and I was traveling a lot. And so she was like, oh, God, you got to see the new one. And it'd be like this big pressure in the house to, yeah. to watch it. Well, I'm sure she doesn't want to watch it again. Handmaid's Tale is like the most depressing thing I've ever watched on television. Like, it's rough. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's particularly dark. I think if Hillary had won, we'd be like, wow, what a crazy, weird idea for it'll never happen. I don't know if I would feel that way, but sure. No, maybe not. But I feel like you <laughs> but you might feel slightly better, right? Yeah, sure. It wouldn't be like as soul. <laughs> but refreshing. now it's like, oh, they're literally yeah. implementing West uh West They're literally implementing Handmaid's Tale style laws as we speak, you know? So it's a little bit more I was like, yeah, I know I got to watch it, but oh man, it's so fucking depressing. Like yeah. and it's a it's a slow show. I mean, it's it's like not a lot happens, yeah. In my opinion, uh, and I'm like, are you? Exci- I was gonna be like, are you excited about season two? Does I mean, one I get am, excited about that? I feel like so. This is the way. Like, I people have been asking me, like, oh, is it good? You know, I, I haven't watched it. Is it good? And I'm like, it's hard to watch. It's good, but it's like I don't enjoy watching it necessarily. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's not like I. It's not like I end an episode and I'm like, oh, all right, I'm excited for the next one. I'm like, I just need to go lay down. Yeah. Do you remember the film Requiem for a Dream? Yes. To me, it felt like Requiem for a Dream mm. every time I watched it, which I had a distinct memory of Requiem for a Dream, which was, uh, well, I saw it in a theater Ooh. with a friend, a female friend. <laughs> it's like a real yeah. – who, who was like – I was like friends with, but we weren't that good of friends. And it was like – the film ended. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember how it ends, <laughs> but – and it was like dead silence in the theater. Yeah. I mean, it was like the kind of palpable – People were holding their breath and like nobody was happy. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you were like, like do you want to get a beer? Yeah. It was like, what do you do? It was like, what do you do? Yeah. But I remember walking out going, like, wow, that was a powerful, crazy film. And I definitely never, ever, ever want to see it again. Yeah. If I can help it. Like, if that ever is, if I'm ever flipping around and I see that, I'm going to flip past it as quickly as possible. That's how I felt kind of at the end of every episode of The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Where I was like, I don't want to watch any more of this yeah. Yeah. and like it would take okay i mean it's good that they like waited a week for most of them you know for the yeah. except for the first three i think yeah they dropped the it first was three like, at once I was yeah. like, man i need a breather after i know that. yeah well and i would sometimes like because it was right in the middle of like final production for these documentaries so i would watch it 30 like, for 30 30 for 30 espn pound that pound that like button um but i would often we would record in the morning and so i would often actually wake up early and watch it in the morning and then like go and do this interview and then the rest of the day just be like oh God. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's heavy, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, it's actually kind of a, it's kind of a dark time. Yeah. In America. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, what are you, so what are you optimistic about? Like, what do you feel? And this is a very broad question, oh but like, but like you're a kind of, you're, you are a sponge for pop culture, obviously. And you're kind of, you know, you're, you're looking at the worlds of many different world sports, obviously, but science and technology yeah. and, like what now? Like th- I think if we go back a year ago, 
it was still like a nightmare, but it was a different kind of nightmare. Yeah. And there was still stuff that I felt like, like we did this story today about Twitter. <laughs> was it about Samurai World? <laughs> about about what, people were like, what's up with Samurai World all over Twitter? They want to know what's <laughs> looking, happening. So he's looking at the tiger. <laughs> like a lot, a lot of the tweets are just like, so he's looking at the tiger, but we don't know what he's thinking. You know, you can't even <laughs> see the tiger. <laughs> but anyhow, so we did this story about Twitter and it's like Twitter is, has had no growth right. in the last quarter. Right, and their stock is down. Their stock dropped like 9%, maybe more. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, and it had it was that news came out at the day after Trump was like, "We're banning transgender." This is me doing my trial. I'm not doing it. <laughs> We're banning transgender people from the military. Right. Apropos of nothing. While my lead military advisor is on vacation. Yeah, and he's and all the military people are like, "What? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, we don't." They're like, lit- they are literally on vacation, and uh, and it's just like every day it feels like. Doesn't it feel like this intense kind of like dread? Yeah. Do you and 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 I used to, I didn't feel that a month. Oh, sorry, a year, I feel a year that. ago. Do you? Yeah, I mean, no, not as much. <clears throat> a, year, a year ago, did you feel that? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, seeing everything ramp up. Um, I was in Canada when the first sort of like big Republican primary happened, um, and it was the same day as the Canadian prime minister debates. Yeah. Um, and so we had it on. We had both on, and I was teaching in Canada, so it was all these Canadians. And they're, like, looking at this, like, very, you know, nuanced, regal, like, Canadian debate. And then there's, like, the Republican primary when, like, with everybody, like, the big one. Which is a freak show. And everyone's like, <laughs> what is going on? And they're looking at me as the American. And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. No, like, it's I cra- do it's, not know. It's crazy. I mean, the, the funny thing about the Republican stuff was, like, um, it's just, like, where did you find all these fucking insane people? How could you not find one relatively, I mean, Kasich, I guess, but he's also sucks in a bunch of different ways. Like, how can you not find one reasonable? But they didn't have to. No, I know. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I mean, here's the deal. People vote down party lines, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, some people flip for Obama and they flip to Trump or whatever. But generally speaking, people who vote for Republicans are going to just go to the uh, the ballot box and they're going to vote for whoever's on the Republican ticket. And Trump, even though he, I think, worked really hard to turn people away from standard Republican beliefs. I don't think he had such a huge impact that people didn't just vote down the ticket. So I'm not that surprised that people voted for him like at all, but still it's like, uh, it does create a kind of apocalyptic feeling in the country. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, there is this question, like I feel like before the election really ramped up, there weren't people asking in Maine, like, publications, you know, like, what is the future of American democracy? And, like, that is now a question yeah. that people are asking. Like, constitutional crisis is thrown around on a fairly regular basis. Right. Like, like, right, like our, the end of American democracy is, like, a thing that people talk yeah, about like, as if it's not, like, insane hyperbole anymore. Like, I don't want to be an elitist, leftist, elite, you know, coastal, whatever, but, like, the New Yorker, the New York Times, two extremely respected and trusted publications, probably two of the greatest, you know, journalistic institutions in the country, historically... Uh, on a fairly regular basis now are like, are we headed towards a constitutional crisis? Which is means like, are we, is the America that we know of as a democracy threatened? Which doesn't feel good to me. So like, how do you, how do you, how do you enjoy a 30 for 30 <laughs> or a Westworld yeah. or, or the Handmaid's Tale right. in that? I mean, at least, I mean, I guess for you, but then do you have any guidance yeah. for the rest of the world? I mean, I definitely had a crisis 
after the election, I was like, who needs sports documentaries? Like, really, like, what is this for? Like, no, yeah. you know, like, you know, people are, like, losing healthcare. Like, I definitely still have those moments where I'm like, I'm making a podcast about ladies who go to the North Pole. Like, who, you know, like, what is, like, who cares? Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that um, at least in, in my work, like, going back to sort of, like, wanting to have those 30 for 30 speak to something broader. And, like, the women's story was about, like, women doing something that women had never done before, right, which, like, is a thing I care about and right. a thing that, like, people should be able to hear and be like, Action, I can do things, um, you know, and, like, <laughs> like— overthrow the government and— Go for it. Like, <clears throat> Take over. <laughs> um, but I do think that, like, you know, the thing I take solace in a little bit in terms of, like, a lot of what I do for Flash Forward is think about the future and, like, what will it be like— and so many more people are engaged in thinking about the future now than were before. Well, that's the only place that seems good. Right. And like is this is the a thing, thing that, that has not happened yet. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like there's also just like there's people who are who have been in this space for a really long time kind of trying to imagine good and bad futures. Um, and many of those people are like marginalized folks who are like today sucks for me all the time, you know, and now like and so what they do is they they build futures. And a lot of people, I think, very eloquently argue that social justice work is in some ways a work of futurism where you're trying to say, like, I would prefer the future to look like this. This is, like, my proposition to, like, give people equal rights and, like, yeah. have people, you know, feel safe on the street crazy, and all crazy. that. Um, <clears throat> and so a lot of – there's some really great um, sci-fi thinkers. This woman, Adrienne Marie Brown, is one of my favorites, and she has this whole thing that she says where she says, you know, right now what we're doing is we're locked in an imagination battle of, like, who whose imagination wins. And that's, like, everything from police brutality where it's, like, okay, does the police officer who's imagining this, like, monster person behind a black body, um, does that imagination win by, like, you know, killing this person? Or can yeah, we, like— Yes, is the right, answer. Right now, but, like, so her <laughs> argument is, like, can we change that, like, that imagination? Can we, like, who wins these imagination battles? Which I think is a really interesting way of thinking about it. Well, many of the—I mean, yes, I think that is super interesting— because many of the things that we talk about are not what I would classically define as – what could be classically defined as real. I mean like the issue of, for instance, transgender people in the military, Trump made some kind of bullshit argument about medical costs or whatever. But as we see now, that is not an actual issue. And – the truth is, problem in all likelihood, there's 15,000, 15,500 or so serving uh, trans uh, people in the military. Nobody really gives a shit. I mean, nobody's really making. Nobody is. There is no. There was no thing that was happening prior to this, right? I mean, I think that there's. Well, I think I mean, there are, day to day, it, there are there are things happening. Right? Sure, like, but not like an not like we have a national crisis that needs to be lapped onto. It's like there's a thing that Trump wants or an idea that he wants to push forward, and now suddenly, like we are caught in his kind of like. Uh, worldview. Oh, like having to defend like the basic humanity of people yeah, or. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like just like but like, you you know, Obama was president pretty recently and none of the things that were happening were happening. It's like the shift is not like, um, wow, the country has moved in this direction or wow, by by forces that we couldn't possibly control. It's like one person's bad ideas are the cause of like 90 percent of our problems. And they're not like real things. They're just concepts like his ideas about i mean to your point about cops donald trump has also has bad ideas about black people and that's just created like jeff sessions shares some of those ideas and now jeff sessions is the attorney general well i mean that probably won't last but that seems to be honest he's it's like, like has anyone checked like he's what's like happening now? he's like jeff sessions <laughs> is like the twitter of the government it's like the, the clock God. is ticking um but you know yes i agree so that's a really powerful idea that's interesting but it, but if you use the word imagination to like republicans i think they would be very upset 
Well, I think that I would push back a little bit on the idea that, like, we didn't have these problems before Trump, right? Like, Oh, I'm not saying we didn't have any problems. But I'm saying he's created ones that were that are outsized in terms of sure. Like, he's given a voice to things that like people have been saying and like sort of people people have been attacking lots of people for a long time based on their identity, and he's given a voice to those people, right? right. And that's been happening. Yeah, I guess. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that the transgender people in the military did not have problems. <laughs> that was not what I meant. But I meant like it was not a national. It wasn't uh, a huge uh, discussion. Well, uh, like, we weren't like we weren't like hey, new rule. Fuck you guys. <laughs> it was like in there were certainly I'm sure plenty of difficulties and challenges and yeah. horrible situations on individual on individual basis. And certainly we no one would argue the military is the most open minded, welcoming place in the world. But it wasn't like suddenly now we're all caught in this kind of whirlwind of of defending and fighting and like arguing over something that seems like it should be basically like a basic right. Right. It's like you're an American, you want to fight and die for your country. Like yeah. you should be welcome. Yeah. Right. And I think that like to your question of how do you consume media and how do you sort of like not just want to crawl into a hole and never come out, um, you know, there is more awareness, I think, now among like well-meaning white people who probably didn't realize that things these things were out there and were an issue. And I think a lot of like people of color after the election were like, yeah, we're not surprised by this. You know, we've like been telling you this is a thing. Um, and well, the same, you know, like I think that there are people who are now thinking about like, OK, well, like what is the future? What does this look like? How do I do something about it? And. To me, the best media, and I don't know that Westworld necessarily falls into this category, but I do think that Handmaid's Tale kind of does, and I hope that, like, Flash Forward sort of operates in this mode of, like, helping people, giving people mental models for thinking about the future to know what questions to ask and, like, to have your have to actually ask yourself, like, okay, what would I do in that situation? Like, what would be my reaction? How would I operate? Because you might actually have to do that at right. some point. Right. Um, and thinking <laughs> yeah. through, like— Thinking through, okay, I see these headlines. What does that actually mean? And giving people these, like, tools and questions and frameworks to think about the future, which I don't think – I mean, to me, that's what good sci-fi does is it gives you ways of thinking about the future that you didn't have before or it makes you ask questions that you weren't asking before. And maybe you could argue that Westworld does that about personhood and about suffering and about whose suffering matters and what – what is consciousness? Like, how do we talk about ownership of bodies and that kind of thing? And yeah. I don't know that Westworld was successful at – poking a lot of those questions, but I think they were trying to. Um, but I do think that with um, Handmaid's Tale, you know, giving people a look at the future to be like, okay, if this happens, who are you? Right. Are you Aunt right. Lydia who, like, does the thing because she wants a position and doesn't want to do anything? Or are you um, – shit, what's the – Nick? Are you Nick who's yeah. just like, I don't really actually have allegiances, but I, I'm going to keep my head down and just do what I need to do? Or are you Moira who's like pulling shit out of the toilet and stabbing people and getting out of there? You know, yeah. who are you in that? Um, and I think that if you can see that played out sort of specifically in sci-fi, you can be better prepared for those conversations and those emotions when they happen or even when we touch on close to those realms. So that's sort of how I – Maybe explain away. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> no, interesting. But, but don't you also feel like we're um, – it is all – yes, of course, you can go, okay, let me imagine. But doesn't it also feel like – I feel like this often lately, which is um, I'm a passenger in a car and like I can't get the seatbelt off. And I don't know anybody who – the pa the, the sorry, I'm in the back seat. There's a passenger that can't grab the wheel and we're like – going off a cliff, like we're headed off the cliff. And like, and yes, to your point, I can imagine how I would be in the world of The Handmaid's Tale, but like, 
What I can't imagine right now, what is actually increasingly harder to imagine is how do I prevent or how does one prevent getting to the handmaid's tale? Right. Like 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 if the handmaid's tale were tomorrow, who what would happen? Would I be like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing now? Or would I be like, fuck this, I'm gonna stab somebody? You know, I'd like to think that I'm the, the stabber, <laughs> at least I'm the runner, I'm running, at yeah. the very least. Um, but we're I feel like we're in this situation. Sorry, this is a kind of a dead end conversation because we're because I think we're both going to be like, well, what you know. Well, no, I do think I think that the, so just I think that you can watch The Handmaid's Tale and you can do two things. You can look at the end product of this world that they've built where there are handmaids and you're in the situation where you have Nick and Aunt Lydia and the commander and all these people. And you can think, OK, what would I do in that situation? But you can also watch the flashback scenes and think, OK, we're in a publisher's office and I, we're all being fired, and none of the men say a single thing when all of the women are being fired, right? And that's the situation that I actually think is more useful to think like, okay, because once you get to Handmaid's Tale, full Handmaid's Tale, I mean, your options are relatively limited. Right. You are that passenger well, but in the they, backseat. But they show resistance, which doesn't seem to do much. The men in that office don't say anything. Okay, in that office, but there is a resistance at some sure, point, Sure, but right? like, I think that those are kind of... I actually really appreciate that the show did show those flashbacks, which the book didn't really get into, because yeah. they kind of force you <clears throat> to live in a world, because The Handmaid's Tale world feels so foreign, where it almost feels like surreal in a way that you're like, this, I don't, yeah. can't connect this. is to a this. huge argument. Laura and I had a huge debate about this, where I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, so I this, think it's been like five years, and all of a sudden there's this like religion. I don't that's think that that's over. that ridiculous. Yeah. Um, no. I think, but I do think that it's hard for, harder for people to like, see that and be like, oh, what? where do I fit in? But, but the flashbacks really were helpful easy. to fill in the right. blanks on that. It's really easy for you to, like, or when they're in that coffee shop and the, like, the barista is being like, get out of here, whores, you mm. know, and no one, sa- you know, like, there are those moments where you can think, okay, that's a more useful, like, mode to think, what would I do in that situation? Like, do I leave? Do I, like, what do we, what do, you do? Right. And I think that, like, I also think that what I'm trying to say is not necessarily that I want you to or I want people who watch this to think about those specific scenarios, but to also think about just like in general, what are the questions that you want to ask yourself about your mode here? So there's a training program in Brooklyn that helps train you basically to um, if you see someone harassing a person of color or a Muslim person or something like that, you know, what should you do? What are like the de-escalation tactics? And just like going to one of those trainings is an option that you can do and you can learn how to safely kind of try to de-escalate or help the person. And that's a thing that like you can do now and it doesn't require like you freaking out in the moment or when the car is already driving off the cliff, like trying to reach forward for the steering wheel, it like gets you prepared for that moment to begin with. And I think that if you can watch something like Westworld or like Handmaid's Tale and be thinking about the bigger questions of, am I complicit? Like, what does complicity mean? What does it mean to put your head down and just, like, do do it for you and your family? That's more useful to me than the specific scenarios necessarily, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does make sense. Though I still, my brain keeps going to very dark places. Like, <laughs> in any scenario, I'm like, oh, this is, okay, so let me ask you on that point, then we we unfortunately have to wrap. Yeah. I feel like we have not covered everything, including Samurai <laughs> World, that we really wanted to get to. But um, out of time. Uh, what is scarier to you oh, boy. in reality? Okay. Uh, Donald Trump for eight years or Mike Pence for three (laughs) Uh, um, or Mike Pence for eight. Like is Mike Pence scarier than Donald Trump? I don't feel like I'm totally qualified to answer this question as a not politics reporter, but I used to think. No, I know, but we're talking about like the handmaid. I think Mike Pence would actually, 
uh, in some ways might like hurry us towards that sooner than yeah. Donald Trump would. I used to think that Mike Pence was scarier because I used to think that like Donald Trump is chaotic, evil, and Mike Pence is like very well organized within the machine. Like he knows how the political machine works in a way that Trump doesn't. Uh, what are their D and D alignments? Uh, I know I'm I'm forgetting what the, the uh, uh, bad Trump nerd. is like chaotic, uh, evil, and. Uh, Pence is uh, whatever the evil, but whatever the non-chaotic <laughs> one is. <laughs> John? John, can you look up the alignments in D&D, please? Make us sound nerdier one than we are. Is, one thing I know is that chaotic neutral <laughs> was, all, was Google for that. Was all, you just say Dungeons and Dragons alignments. Um, one thing I know is that we always talked amongst my friends about how chaotic neutral is an impossible to play properly. Chaotic neutral yeah. would be an impossible uh, way to play the game. But everybody always wanted to be chaotic neutral because it sounds badass. Yeah. But it's not. It's not really playable. Yeah. Um, But I used to think that if we had Trump, it would just be chaos. But maybe it wouldn't be that bad because he, like, doesn't know how to actually get anything done. And he actually was, like, a Democrat at one point. And, like, maybe – well, I mean, he was a registered Democrat at one point. Right. But, like, he – being a celebrity and being around, like, people in New York, you felt like, oh, well, he's – Play acting some of this stuff. I don't know. There's a great piece about Donald Trump's New York in The New Yorker. Was it The New Yorker? It might have been. I don't know. I don't know. But it basically talks about how like Donald Trump moved to New York when everyone was moving away and kind of like his relationship with the city is really complicated and interesting. I should find that piece. Yes, please do. Um, we'll uh, link it in the uh, link, but, um, link in bio. I think it's called Donald Trump's New York. Um but Sounds so, like a New Yorker piece thing. <laughs> I don't. Th- I actually don't think it was. I think it might have been in like Bloomberg or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I used to think that Trump was the person who like was kind of this like chaos person but like couldn't get anything done and Pence was going to be the machine who could like get all these really evil things done. Um, I actually no longer necessarily think that because Donald Trump hasn't gotten very much done, to be clear. But at the same time, the Republicans seem so willing to work with him that I'm surprised that like they're – they will do kind of whatever we'll do anything. he wants. Yeah. Um, I I I think that that's the part where I've been surprised at like how in line they have fallen. I don't know why, but for some reason I thought like he's so out there and he says all these things and he like does this stuff on Twitter. He looks like a doofus, you know. He's just like he's embarrassing, like in a lot of ways. Oh, I, you know, I mean, he's the most embarrassing president we've ever had in this country. I mean, he makes George Bush look George W. Bush look like a fucking genius. He makes him look like an actually smart. Lovely person who I'd like to spend time with, which is crazy because George W. Bush was a fucking monster. Uh, yeah, um, you're right. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think to me in a lot of ways what I've felt more and more is that it doesn't – it wouldn't be that different between the two of them. Really? Yeah. I feel like the, at least the nice thing would be that like Pence would enter the situation in an extremely weakened position. Right. Like if they could impeach Trump. It would mean that, like, the Democrats had some measure of control, which is you know, would be really amazing, um, which they don't seem to have in any way, like, philosophically or technically. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, this has gone to a very dark place. We're going to edit all of this politics stuff out. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I think <clears throat> to wrap. Samurai world. So he sees the tiger. <laughs> okay. He's looking down But at does it. he see the tiger? Well, that's the question. I think that's the question that we can't answer. And I think the other question we can't answer is, is there another world? Besides samurai world. There has to be, Right. If samurai, why? well, why is it Westworld and Samurai World, and not Westworld and Roman World, or Future World, or well, this sex, in the future. Sex, sex World? Every world is Sex World. Nah, kind of, but what if one was just Sex World? <laughs> if it was just like you get in and just sex. Yeah. What would be your ideal world if you could like any mine? World? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I know Sex World would get boring. I think. Like, yeah. I think you'd be like, "Wow, Sex World's awesome," but then eventually you're like, "All right, I mean, 
Sex world. I get it. You know, it's like sex world. Um, a West world does not seem fun to me. I mean, it seems fun to a degree. Like I'd spend a couple, maybe a couple of days there. Seems dirty, like really dirty. Uh, future world, I don't know because I think they live in the future. I mean, they live in right. a future that I can't imagine. So, or I could somewhat imagine, but um, is there a world that I'd like to return, go to, like from the past? Like, I guess I don't know. I was like Victorian world, but I was like, oh, everybody's so repressed and annoying and lame, and there was like the a lot pl- of etiquette. I don't think you do yeah, well with etiquette. The etiquette. Yeah, people. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, oh. Samurai world. <laughs> no, not really. No, no. Like, I'm not, the past doesn't interest me that much, to be honest with yeah. you. Like, I'm not like, man, the past was so great. Um, it would be cool just for a short period of time. Like, one of the things I like, you know, the Fallout games? Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about the Fallout games is it's like this 1950s, like, weird space age America. Cold that's, War. Yeah. It would be cool to spend a little bit of time in that era. I mean, I guess it'd be awful. Now that I think of it, the, every bit of the past is awful. It's really not good. I mean, medieval world could be cool, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Boob, you... boob armor doesn't sound fun to me. Yeah, for you, that sounds like a problem. For me, yeah. it's just a smooth sailing. <laughs> uh, what about you? What would your ideal world be? I think I think I would do like some space thing, like Europa world or something like out What's in Europa space. What's Europa world? Europa is like a planet. Or no, no, I know what Europa is, but um, you're, you're just making that up. Yeah, but I mean, like, wouldn't it be cool to like go and see what what's up on other planets? Yeah, but it would be fake. Well, so is Westworld. Yeah, I know, but like, it's like, it's like, you we don't know what's out there. Yeah, I mean, not entirely. So we'd have to completely fabricate the truth. it. Yeah, well, obviously the truth is out there, but 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 I'm saying like we'd have to fabricate so much of that. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I agree with you. Like, no past world. Like, 2001 good. world would be kind of cool. Yeah, like where except you're on... for the part when the robot. Yeah. Well, obviously Sorry, that wouldn't spoiler. happen. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen 2001: A Space Odyssey, which is like a billion years old, <laughs> Jen, you got to put a disclaimer at the top of this episode. Yeah, but well, not about Westworld. Only about 2001. <laughs> there's, no, there's no. I guess. Oh, I guess. I was like, you know, I wrote a quick post about about Westworld and Samurai World, and I tweeted about it a bunch, and I was like, I didn't really think of it, but I was like, wow, maybe some people don't know how Westworld ends. I feel like you telling people that there is Samurai World is not a spoiler in the context of other things that happened in the last episode of Westworld. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what happens. Oh, you mean how Anthony Hopkins' clone gets killed? Like, like a lot of people die. <laughs> you mean how one of the clones that runs one of the worlds gets killed? And one of them almost escapes but then doesn't and comes back? Yeah. I feel like those are the kind of the real spoilers. You th- maybe. I guess so. Uh, do we think we're done with the young man in black? We're not going to see any more of Jimmy Johnson. I don't know. Jimmy he was in Johnson all those stat- or his or name? Those- Jimmy Smith. What is this? No, <laughs> Jimmy, what is his name? Jimmy something. With an I, it's like J J I M M I Jimmy Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson is his name. That's right. Great, great memory. <laughs> so good. He's Canadian. I'm pretty sure. Is he? Is he? Oh, he always plays evil characters, right? Isn't that like his thing? He plays like the character that becomes the Man in Black. Always in everything. <laughs> so a friend of mine did say that they were like, as soon as they saw him, they're like, oh, he's definitely the Man in Black. He's well, like, that's the only way. Your friend got that yeah. really quickly. Yeah. I'm trying to think of at what point. Uh, if if that was something I read or if that was something I came to naturally, I can't remember. Though I did call. You could go back and listen to. All I the did episodes. call Samurai World. That was the big thing. The moon, obviously, that's going to be a big reveal. Clearly, I think it'd be lame if it were like off the coast of you know somewhere in China or whatever. I just Why? Think it's, so, it's just so obvious. <laughs> it's just like oh, it's yeah, it's on Earth. Yeah. But if it was on the moon, that would. I mean, but like, how would that change anything? Well, they would be. You know, there's in a an, bubble of. They're air gapped. 
You know, you can't oh, get so them. Like can't, you like can't get leave. those guys down to. Well, because you That's know, it's a pretty like terrible ending where they all just, like they finally escape and then they just suffocate because well, there's let, no air. Well, let me ask you something. Why did the replicants work off world? What do you mean? Have you ever seen Blade Runner? Yeah. Okay. Well, the replicants were not. They didn't have. They don't have to breathe. No, because the replicants were like they didn't want. They were like not an Earth thing. It was like they're not supposed to be on the planet. Right. They wanted them like doing tough jobs in space. Right. I don't think there were any actual replicants on the planet. That's the idea in the at least yeah. in the in the film. Yeah. You know because. But also they don't have to breathe. So crazy. that's the other question. Do the oh. do the clones have to breathe? Air? No, I don't think so. I think they just well, okay, but then that but gets are, to, are they made of bodies or not? Well, this is the question, the real question. <laughs> I'm glad is we're like, doing an episode of Out West right I, now. Yeah, really is. What <laughs> well actually we were gonna do it, so this works out perfectly. Um we are, what is going on with their bodies? Didn't I have a bunch of theories about how their you bodies are like, about like they're made from like their their parts of like human ground beings. Ground up humans. Yeah, ground yes. up humans. Yes. Well that's what I thought the the gray stuff was. Yeah. Which I'm still not sure it is it, but I mean, I went through a lot of different. I rewatched it show. recently, and uh, the whole season. Yeah, and what did, what did you take? What was your takeaway? It's more fun the second time around. Really, uh, it holds oh. together better than you think it does while you're watching it the first time. Don't huh. you just think you're holding it together because you know what's happening? It might be, it, but, you know, but it helps. <laughs> like, oh, the plot makes sense. It's like, of course it makes sense. Like <laughs> you know what happens. But, uh, <laughs> the hosts that he was building in the basement were those the the zombie one or like additional army? Wait, oh, members no, they're clones in the, in of the himself. Woods? We, we don't know. That. Oh, because everyone thought it was going to be, what is it, like, Sidzy Knudsen's character, uh, Teresa? Oh, yeah, right, Teresa, right, yeah. Right. Um, but it, then wasn't. it wasn't. And, and she the got killed. machines are gone by the end of the season, so right. who was he making? Another Anthony Hopkins. Definitely another Anthony Hopkins. Well, no, the Anthony Hopkins got shot is a clone. The real one was making that thing so <laughs> he could do the thing at the end. I mean, how easy would it be just to swap him out? It would be very easy. Pretty easy he'd for really him. Just, he, like, pushes him into scene, and he's like, I'll <laughs> see you later, and then he does his script. And then, boom. It's the Prestige all over again. It's, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> they definitely were like, let's watch the Prestige one more time. Well, he did see. make the Prestige. Yeah, right, right. Oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, it's definitely the Prestige. <laughs> That's God awesome. damn it. Oh, can't wait for season two. Okay, Rose, I know. I've had you here for a long time. And you've got it. You've got things to do. You got to go to produce thirty for thirty. Great, great review and subscribe. Review, review <laughs> like it, like it, subscribe. Give it five stars. Thirty for thirty yeah. airs. How was it? What weekly? It was weekly. Uh, it, it, we did five episodes, so you can go. All so of them are there. Five, you can binge. Yeah, five episodes, more like five for thirty. But yeah. are they thirty well, minutes long? I'll, I'll petition. No, they're longer. <laughs> I know. What's the point of even using the numbers? Listen, you can write a formal complaint. We're I'll so pass it far along. out. We're so far out. Anyhow, uh, and then flash forward. Is that, oh, it's not a weekly. Monthly podcast. Monthly. Mm -hmm. oh, that must be great. Mm, John, let's great. turn this into a monthly. You got it. Okay, nice. Um, and what else? What else should we look for that you're doing? Uh, I mean, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's well, Tale two, podcast. You'll be, you'll listen, be you can go. That. Season well, yeah. two. Um, Red Center. Season two is not out yet. Yeah. But Red Center you can listen to, obviously. You can listen to, yeah. yeah. Right, what else? Anything else? Um, no, that's, that's it. it. I, mean, I know. So few projects a lot of I stuff. have. I know. Plus stuff. Well, listen, you have to come back yeah. and do this again. This is a lot of fun. Well, once we find out what Samurai World is, we have to do this again. I mean, no question as soon as we find out what's going on. I mean, for the next, if there's another trailer between You have to have an emergency and, episode of this podcast. Yeah, yeah no, we'll definitely, we're going to like scramble. I'll be like, Rose, get it here. We got to do it. Um, uh, but this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. I know it seems chaotic and to the listener, it's probably totally insane. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. No, it's, you know what? Fuck them. You know what, fuck, <laughs> what, what did I say? Fuck the listener. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Please rate, subscribe. <laughs> give this uh, a five star you know, we love you. We love your uh, the time you spent with us. Um, anyhow, thank you so much for doing this. Come back soon. Uh, and uh, and please check out Rose's work on uh, 30 for 30, the great 
five episode. <laughs> 43 minutes. 43 minute <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back soon with more. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. But, you know, your family's washed up on a shore. Bernard is looking down at them. We can't really tell. Like, does he understand what they are? Does he, has he seen a family before? Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to discuss that soon. <laughs>